Who on your team is going to be the surprise breakout swimmer this season? Luke Miller. Definitely. Uh, Luke Miller. Uh, I think Aiden Hayes. Aiden Hayes. Uh, I would name this guy as well. Noah Henderson. Welcome to Social Kick. I'm Brian Lundquist. He's John Mullen. It's Wolfpack time. We've got Nils Korstangi, Kasper Stokowski joining us side by side. Broskis that live right side by side. <laughs> What's going on, guys? Welcome. Thanks for joining us. What's yeah, up? No problem. So first thing I got to know is everybody in the NCAA seems to be adding this like drawing something. You've had like the Virginia V and then you guys got this diamond that you draw on the chest. Give me, give me the background. Is it like I shave my roommate's back and then he draws the diamond on my chest? How do you, got, how do you guys do it? Yeah, so it's a pretty old tradition um, to be, uh, with all due respect to other teams, um, we were the first ones to put something on our chest and they all copied us. You know, we, we got the original diamond. Um, yeah, well, yeah, we all uh, draw um, a diamond on our chest uh, for every meme. Uh, I know you want to know uh, what it means, but we cannot tell you since it's a, <laughs> since it's a secret. Uh, everyone uh, who joins the team, who's new, uh, they know about it. They know what it means. Uh, and it means, I can tell you, it means a lot for us. And uh except of just swimming for our team, uh, for our teammates, for our families, we swim also for the diamond. Yeah, we, uh, we used to have a bunch of team traditions uh, when I swam at Auburn, and there were things that were specific to the team, you know, whether that would be like beginning of the season traditions, and then also um, for NCAA specifically, when you made that team, they were kind of rite of passage things that you got to be a part of. Do you guys have things like that throughout the year that are just kind of NC State uh, team traditions? Yeah, I would say we do. We have like certain things, especially at the beginning of the year, just for the freshman introduction. We have uh, certain stories we tell the freshmen. And then throughout the year, we have certain traditions we do, certain team sets we do, you know, obviously just like like at Auburn. Um, like I remember seeing back home, seeing the uh, the Gatorade Challenge. I don't know, is that what you guys still do? Is that like an actual team tradition? Dude, you know what's funny? I just texted Brett the other day. Um, and said that like the anniversary was coming up for that with 15 years. And we're like, Oh my God, it's sold. Yeah. Um, you got it? Uh, yeah. That, uh, yeah. We did that all the time. It was. <laughs> said Brian was in the video. He's the, one of the stars. If you guys really? don't recognize him okay. now. Yeah. No, he texted me. He texted me that day after I'd had a giant sandwich for lunch. And was like, Hey, the flow swimming guys coming this is what's going to happen. Like send me the stupidest drills that we would never do. <laughs> so then I show up to practice and he's like, here's, or he had texted me, here's what's going to happen. We're going to chug Gatorades until we throw up. And I'm like, all right, I'm down. And I had just come off short course worlds. I had, I barely practiced like twice that week. And I was out for like a week and a half. I'm like, Oh my God, this is going to suck. But so yeah, that was our tradition. Do you guys do stuff like that? Yeah, we, we have we have those kind of sets. Uh, that's also a secret we cannot tell you about it, but uh, uh, it gives us a goosebumps when you think about that, you know. Uh, and um, every freshman, uh, I guess, has to do it, uh, especially during a Christmas training. So uh, yeah, we have those traditions. Yeah, man, a, a lot of secrets over there. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> And, and you mentioned one thing about the diamond on the chest at every meet. So if you guys do like an inner squad meet, are you guys wearing diamonds all the way there? Uh, you have a get up swims at practice. How, how far does it go? Oh, I feel like, um, like 
I would say every official meet we do it. Okay. In international meets we don't do it. No, it's, we don't do it. No. no there's no. like different colors of of uh, of diamonds. Like that's something we can tell because it's pretty yeah, obvious. Yeah. Like you have the 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 diamond outline. That's what we do during dual meets. And like once we taper, we color it in. Um, and then NCAA's is the red diamond. There's also a story about the red diamond. Um, I, I don't know if we could tell that story. Have you ever heard that? Yeah, of course, from Brayden. Okay, yeah. yeah, Brayden, yeah, yeah. Brayden tells that story every single year during NCAA's. So you'll actually just ask him one time. Um, and I think at trials, the Americans wear the silver diamond. Yeah. Oh, I haven't noticed that. Okay. Right? Silver diamond? Something like that. The yeah, different color. It's yeah, a yeah. different color. We wouldn't know. Yeah, <laughs> it's cool to have that team unity, though, at international meets, too, because like, as you guys know, having been part of the college team uh, experience and with a program that from the outside looking in, it just seems like there's like this real, real brotherhood or camaraderie that happens. Um, <clears throat> but sometimes at international meets, you can feel kind of without that, like even if you even if you have a pretty large national team, it's just a, a really different vibe. Um, so have you guys experienced that at all as, as accomplished international swimmers? Um, like, is it different to get up for international meets than it is for you when you're repping NC state and you're at a big college meet? Uh, I would say, um, it's true. What you just said, um, especially for like Europeans for us, where, uh, swimming is more, uh, individual sport, like people treat it more individual, and uh, here at end, like in college swimming, um, we swim for the team. You know, it's not only about us. It's not only about our one swim. Uh, we have goals. We have a team goals, and uh, we cheer for each other. And uh, we uh, we will all, we always have uh, our backs. So, great example of it is um, uh, at Worlds in Melbourne uh, in December. I was there with. Uh, six other swimmers from Poland. So we had a small team uh, and we also sent like four people from NC State, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I've heard, I've heard Nils or like David or Andrea cheering, cheering up for me, you know? So that's something, that's something unique uh, that we have here. And even though we are like two pros from Sirius or uh, like I said, worlds or Europeans, we would cheer for each other because we are teammates, you know? So uh, that's that's something rare and unique. Casper, you mentioned Worlds, and, um, <clears throat> you know, that's kind of a unique experience to have a big international meet in the middle of the season. But just curious if you could give us a, a lens into how your season's been going, including that meet. I know last year you were talking a bit after having won NCs about like the changes in training and having incorporated into the backstroke group, the two back group a couple of days a week and having some concern about as that going to kill your speed as you get to NCAAs and after swimming really fast, you know, you're like, Oh, I'm, I'm bought in now. Like I understand. I trust the plan. I trust Braden. Like what are you working on this year? How's the season going? Give us a, a sense of how the world's experience went. So obviously, uh, like I said, I fully trust Braden. And, uh, even though, uh, Starting this fall, uh, we switched a little bit um, um, practice schedule, and he even put me to a distance group uh, on Tuesdays where I swim uh, a lot yeah. of called uh, freestyle sets. Uh, I'm coming uh, from a background where I used to swim a lot of freestyle, a lot of long distance freestyle sets uh, where. 
My favorite set used to be 10400s descent. Uh, obviously, short course. I'm not talking longers, but I, I, I used to, I used to swim that, and I loved it. Um, so uh, yeah, we, we, we decided this season to focus a little bit more on threshold uh, and not even doing that backstroke, but like with freestyle, that should help us uh, prepare for two back as well. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, like you said, I just had a taper meet. Um, I think I'm, uh, I'm used to it because the the meet format in Poland uh, is like we have nationals in December, then it's uh, age group nationals in March, like late March. So it kind of it kind it's kind of similar as as we do here, right? Like I had worlds, and I have NCs, so I, I was ready for that coming uh, coming to college swimming. Uh, so yeah, uh, not, nothing really uh, has changed. Nils, what about you? You were off to a hot start this season with a popping a 44 in the 100 fly early on. And um, just curious what, you know, how, coming off of a great NCs last year and some international success, what, what are you working on right now? What do you feel like you've learned and taken from the past seasons that you're trying to figure out how to, how to just inch forward and, and improve this year and what you're doing on a daily basis? Yeah, um, so it's funny that you bring up that swim. Uh, that was kind of like a practice swim I did because uh, it, it was just to see like where I was. And like for me, stroke count, kick count is a big deal. Like if I don't hit my walls right, like I'm done for, you know. So I always try to focus on doing that early in the season. Um, this season, unfortunately, I had a little bit of an accident. I, uh, I messed up my ankle um, when I was taking a, a casual walk by the lake, basically. I fell into the hole and just like I don't know I couldn't kick for two months straight and that leading into Worlds was definitely not the best preparation I could have had yeah. um, so I really saw that I was lacking underwater mostly um, so like during the race I didn't really feel the ankle at all but I just saw that I didn't train it as much and um, so that's like one of my biggest uh, points right now you know trying to get those underwaters back and trying to get um, my kick back uh, I feel like for now it's been going pretty well. I got a really good Christmas training block. Um, your pull got stronger and everything. Yeah. My pull got a lot stronger for sure. And, um, I feel like, you know, maybe, maybe that helped me out in the long run, but in, in the short term at worlds, it kind of, kind of blew, um, you know, especially seeing guys pop off. I talked to Casper about that. Like, you know, sometimes it's frustrating cause you're just like waiting for it to work out and, you know, for him, it worked out, which is you know, which was really spectacular. It's been what he's been working for for all of his life. You know, with that medal in the in the backstroke. Um, and maybe that moment for me will come, but I, for now, I just got to trust that process and just you know keep focusing on the training, and maybe results will come. Yeah. One thing that I think is really cool about teammates that are super close is that Casper, you're the one who looked at Nils and said, "Hey, your pull got a lot stronger." Like to me, that's what college swimming is about, especially like, yeah, pro swimming too, but it's a tighter group, but especially in college swimming, you're, that's what makes teams successful is that, you know, what your teammates are working on and you're holding them accountable for it. And you're the first one to champion their success when they've, you know, when they've nailed it or when they've developed in a certain area. I just oh, think yeah. that's really awesome. And that little moment <laughs> for sure showcase what the culture is like for you guys there. Hell yeah, like we observe each other um, during practice a lot, you know, like I love to observe how people swim, 
maybe I can learn from something from them, you know, or maybe I can like give them a feedback, you know, I love to do it. Um, today, uh, we swam with Nils and we were doing some power stuff at the end of the practice. And uh, we had to stay a little bit for, uh, longer than the group. Uh, and I was like, let, let, let me hop uh, to the next line. I want to I race, you know, even mm -hmm. though it was a fly and it's not my stroke, you know, uh, my main stroke. I wanted to race him, you know, and I asked him about technique. If, uh, if, if he goes with his hand wide or like he comes close by the hips, you know. So, um, yeah, we learn from each other a lot. Yeah, yeah, you really get different perspectives on on swimming. Um, and that's something I feel like in college swimming, it's it's especially so because um, we benefit from each other's success. And you know, in the end, the points are scored, and you win as a team. Uh, it's it's less about individual success and um, just having so many guys and different perspectives around you. Like you really. I don't know. You have very interesting discussions. And in the end, I feel like you make each other a lot better. Yeah. At NC's last year, uh, NC State got fourth. It was a, a great team battle. We, we were seeing a lot of great races. You know, obviously, Casper's 100 back was one that stands out when he when he got the win. Casper, um, can you talk us through um, your goals here for the upcoming NCAA championships and the rest of the season? Uh, yeah, sure. So, um Basically, like I said, uh, I wouldn't say the main goal, but uh, another goal up there would be like to swim a crazy good 200 backstroke. Uh, it's like one of those events that scares me, uh, but in a good way uh, and uh, gives me a lot of motivation and I train for it. Obviously, I don't forget about uh, my main event, which is um, Andrew back. Um, so uh, I would say like, Hitting that 43 mark in a backstroke would be great. Uh, obviously, 19 uh, in, a, in a 50 back. No, no, no one has gone yet. A 19, and that's another like magic, magic barrier, you know, to to reach. Uh, I'm not, I'm not that far of it. So, so uh, yeah, let's say I have those kind of goals um, to reach. Obviously, if I won. It's part of the process, you know, one day we'll get there uh, and just help the team, just help the team uh, score the points, get better. Um, we're reaching, we're reaching um, for the for the highest place again. We want to get better uh, than the last year. And obviously we're hoping uh, we're hoping to, you know, maybe get one of those rings in the relay this year. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you mentioned going under 20 and under 44. What are the things you feel are going to help you get to those parts? Definitely start. Like, I lack in a, in a, in a start. My backstroke uh, start position is bad. Uh, we already discussed with Braden uh, after Worlds because uh, he was there. Um, he was watching my races, and he noticed that uh, I've raced a lot of, like, races next to Murph so we could have seen that that difference in between me and him uh, and a lot of the other top backstrokers there and that's where I lack so that's where we like kind of shifted in the weight room and uh in the pool uh, to work on that uh and the other thing that he noticed in my backstroke is of the push-offs where is where, where is the wall here instead of pushing off like that I push way much deeper and then mm. I have 
come off, you know. So mm -hmm. I do like a very big rainbowy uh, underwater. And is that purely just to get un under the waves of all the swimmers coming in, or what are the reasons behind trying to get such a, a deep push off? I guess that's what uh, that's what uh, I was taught. You know, uh, when I was a kid, I used to I used to train a like very deep pool, and we would do like underwaters uh, pretty deep. Would like go uh, down like three meters, and we like kick there. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't, I'm not trying to think what, why it comes from. I'm trying to think uh, how to fix it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, Nils, obviously you've, like you said, you had your walking injury, it sounds like. So I guess no more long walks um, by the beach to protect that ankle. Um, but what are your goals here for the rest of the season? Um, my goal, honestly, would be like to be the highest point scorer on the team. Um, so I was, I was that last year by like, like a tiny bit. Um, and there's a couple of guys who are really, really close to me. So I just want to be like the guys scoring the most points. And then like, obviously those relays, like at NCAAs, those are by far the most Huge. things yeah. uh, to focus on. So I got goosebumps when he was saying yeah. that. I'm telling you. <laughs> I mean, relays, that's, that's like what you live for, man. You know, it's, it's just different than individual individuals, like more scary. And when you're on a relay, it's more like you're just doing it with the boys and it's, Man, there's so much pressure, and that's so cool to do it together. You yeah, know? and especially being on a team like NC State, where we can like choose from like eight guys who can be on the relay. It's like a chess. Like Braden plays a chess. You know, yeah. he has to think about each move. You know, and it just reminds me about like last year and sees like how close we were to like get the first in like two medley too free you know like it's just like ah oh. yeah that feels you that's for sure um so yeah some of those relays that'll be that's that's the focus yeah yeah could you talk us through kind of how the relay selection process is um discussed or or told to the team like you said obviously you guys are great at almost uh, pretty much every relay and you have a huge group of guys now they're obviously are very tough decisions that Braden and the rest of the rest of the coaching staff has to make how does he kind of let everyone know and and how does the team get behind that and continue to have a a positive and supportive environment um yeah it's well the way Braden chooses is obviously just like who who has the biggest chance of doing well uh mm -hmm. you know like an example, last year, um, David Curtis was taken off of the 4x50, like yeah. the 200 free relay. But we didn't know until we, the last minute. Yeah, was, we had no idea. I, I took his spot, and I was like, because it was um, the 2 3 is always the day before 100 back. Mm -hmm. And uh, Braided during the lunch told me that bring the suit to the pool, you might be on the relay. And before the meet started, he said, like, we got to wait for uh, David's 53 to see if, if he's going to drop from the from the prelims time. If not, he's going to be on the relay. So we watched his race. Um, it wasn't great. So I came up to him and I was like, so so what's the decision? He was like, I don't know yet. I don't know yet. And I, I saw him. It was like, you know, like mixed about it. Like he didn't know what to say. So I was like, fine. But like. We have like an hour and 15 minutes uh, and I have to decide if I should start preparing for the, for the 53 or I jump to the pool and I practice for the 100 back tomorrow. So I came up to him again after like 10 minutes. I'm like, man, I'm ready. Like, just put me in. He was like, you ready? You in. I was like, okay, let's do it. And uh, 
I think it was a good decision. Obviously, um, at those kind of meets, you need uh, to have the guys that can step up no matter what uh, for every event. And we're glad that we have a great team and we can uh, we, we can broadly choose in between, you know. So uh, that helps a lot. Yeah, yeah. We have, like, huge luxury when it comes to depth, especially in the sprint. So, like, if if somebody like David just, like, falls out, you know, like, Casper can step up. It's I bet for Brain it's super difficult, though, especially, like, having to do that last minute. Like, obviously, we know kind of who's going to be on what relay um, and who's the backup. So, Casper kind of knew it was coming. But, um, yeah, it's still, you know, it's it's always it's always a difficult uh, you have no idea what your choices will mean. Yeah, like 103, for example, ACCs. Like, we had... 103? Yeah, the, uh, four, no, four-man relay with Sam. Oh, over. yeah. Oh, we, yeah. we had, like, four guys who could have swam that race, you know? And he decided to go for a freshman. And he did really great job. Like, yeah, he the, anchored the relay. He got the guys. He got us the first place, so... Yeah, Sam Hoover, he had the swim of his life. Yeah. Just probably because we were right there with Louisville and all the guys were at the sideline and he just got emotional, you know. And, you know, at that point, it just works out really well. And he, I don't know, he really lived up to that moment. Yeah. yeah. So that was a good choice. Yeah. yeah, the psychology on the coaching side for uh, relay selections is, is so, so critical. And I, I've been a part of that too. But, but it was actually, I remember some examples back when, um, in the finals, uh, you know, they changed the event, changed the relay order before we got to the 400 free relay final. So I thought I was in the middle of the relay. And then after the 100 free, then coach comes up to me like in the diving break before he goes and turns in the relay card and says, hey, you're going last. And I'm like, there's a big difference. Right. And uh, so that it, like totally lit this fire in me. And I think it's really cool how just like small decisions like that, you know, surprise tactics can actually get the reaction that they want out of a swimmer too. So um, I'm actually curious uh, what you guys think about some of the changes that have been made in the NCAA over the years. Cause prelim like relays used to be prelim final at NCAAs. And now we're seeing their finals only, which is probably better because we get faster times, I think overall especially by the end of the meet because there's fewer swims overall but like you guys were in this situation last year with the two medley where you know you and cal are in the first heat and then florida's in this the heat afterwards you don't get to race head to head um and so like i don't and then obviously we're in a four-day format now so you kind of spread it out whereas the 800 free relay used to be a day two thing and so you'd have 200 freestylers that were swimming you know the 200 free three times in a day and I remember doing the 100 back final and then having to turn around and get on the 800 free relay. And that my legs killed me in that 800 free relay. So, like, I think it's a better thing. But what do you guys think about some of the changes like that? Or, or have they been for the better? And, like, what else would you change to make we've it? Done, we've done the prelims and final format because yeah. uh, we swam um, 2019 uh, <laughs> uh, NCAAs yeah. in Austin, yeah. Texas. So we remember that I swam for Gators at that time, mm -hmm. and this was, um, that was still here. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it was tough. It was tough having a bunch of uh, relay swims in the morning right after the individual swims, and then having the swims at night, and then having a relay again. It was um, definitely way harder. Uh, and you mentioned that 
a situation which we had um, in the two melee relay uh, last year at NCs uh, that we were in the in a slower heat. Um, I want to say it's like worse, but in the same time better because you know, like you have four swimmers, right? One of them prefers having that pressure, you know, where it helps him to swim faster. The other one doesn't like that and where he doesn't have people that go head to head for him it's easier to go faster so it's very individual and you got to be very flexible right now so you got to be ready for whatever yeah i think um one of the big implications it does have is that the individual morning swims are a lot faster oh uh you know like that's that's something we saw this year like how extremely hard it was to make a and b final um, I think I think that might be an outflow of not having those relays because um, people can't like sit back a little and kind of like see like watch what happens. You like have to be there in the morning. You have to step up in the morning. Um, and like, yeah, I mean, for me, honestly, it's better that we don't have those extra swims because I I like I don't know. I, I die after a couple of a couple of races. Um, but for someone like I don't know. Are, are you, would you say that you, it's the more the better or do you also like fatigue after a couple of races? I fatigue, but like, obviously yeah. we can like fight through, but like yeah, defi definitely we agree on it that, uh, that it's way better. Yeah. Well, Casper, you were just at short course worlds where there was a four by 50 relays for the first time. And or I don't know if that was the first time, but I know they didn't used to have four by fifties at the international level at short course world. So um, that's an evolution. We've seen sort of the games that uh, the ISL has included with points and um, you know, like elimination points for distance events. I don't know why the hundred IM is not an NCA event. What would you guys do to make NCs more exciting or would change it for the better? Definitely not the fifties. Oh, the fifties? Yes, that'd be sick. Yeah, like definitely. fifty fly, fifty back. They got fifty Ooh. stroke. Definitely, man. Like seeing that, and also another addition would be hundred IM. You know, uh -huh. like those those sprint events. Yeah, you know, sprint oriented. Yeah, like people say, short course meters is fun to watch because it's short, but short course yards is even shorter. So everything happens there like instantly. You know, so. uh seeing like 50 fly or like 50 breasts just a pull out and you know a couple of strokes and who's the strongest one like i think that would be really cool to to watch yeah 50s are so cool to watch and i think it would fit in really well into the college uh mindset kind of um it would make our life a lot harder what santos could have gone on the... yeah what do you think santos would go in the 50 in the 50 fly like 50 yards fly Nineteen six. Nineteen six. I think I think that's probably nineteen six. Yeah. What do you call the relay? Nineteen four. Uh, nineteen five. I've gone nineteen five, nineteen four around there. Yeah. So, so that, he, that might, might be, yeah, right. he might that's be right. right. Yeah. Something around. Yeah. You there. Get, yeah. Whatever it is, he, he'd be flying, and I, I, I agree. The fifties would make it so exciting. I mean, yeah. you get you mentioned. Uh, like you said, not having the prelim finals and then the prelims for, you know, the hundred strokes and pretty much every event is getting so crowded. Brian and I were looking at it and how much it's changed over the years just to make top eight and then obviously top 16. But some events, you know, at the very top, you know, the records haven't been changing much. Are there any events that you two feel are kind of ripe for a big drop down? 
Mm. Let me think. Uh, I was going to say 53 when I was thinking about like the 53. It's not a record. Caleb Dressler. How far are we going? Absolutely. (laughs) I think, I honestly think some of the relays, but like, here's the thing. No, I said he's untouchable. No, yeah, Caleb Dressler's untouchable. Yeah, he's untouchable. Like, we say he's untouchable. That's 70. Like, I don't know. I've seen on Instagram, I think I've seen on Brad's Instagram and where he was saying that we might see some 17 this year. But, um, I mean, it could have, like, honestly, Jordan Crooks probably has the biggest shot right now. Yeah. Like, looking at his underwaters, he, but still, like, dropping half a second in a 53, that's like, that's ridiculous, you know? So, yeah, I um, had a conversation yesterday that, like, swimming is all about patience you know like i remember like i think one of my swims this summer i finally won like best time after like six years and i dropped like 0.2 you know and i was so happy so like seeing someone who's like almost like 20 ish you know um going half of a second faster than his best time and dropping that time that would be insane you know yeah yeah, but didn't you do that last year in the 50 back? I mean, yeah, but like I, <laughs> I've never had so many chances to swim a 50 back, you know, uh, properly. So like 50 back is not a main event uh, in NCAAs and you don't get many chances to swim it. So like I wouldn't say it was like a exactly drop you know i think i just swam it well and the previous previous swims uh weren't just perfect and i wasn't ready uh, i was trying to take it as a, as a like a hundred a little bit so yeah i don't know man i think 19.6 is coming <laughs> 19.6 you never know yeah why not we'll see man like i, I told you i gotta work on my start but uh everything everything has to uh, has to be done perfectly but uh, it's a 50, you know, great example uh, coming of the worlds, you know, uh, the first final where, uh, where the device, uh, we had, the, they had the, uh, problem with the device with the starting. Yeah. Device. I forgot you were in that race. Yeah. And I was, I was in the crew who swam the entire 50. So I can tell you from my experience, like yeah. if you think during the race, like, especially in the 50, you're done. And yeah. during that race, I was thinking like three, four times, should I stop or not? You know, like I had so many thoughts. Like I see Cooper next to me going. Then I saw Carter stopping on the turn. I'm like looking to my right. No one's there. Looking to my left. Cooper's still going. I'm like, man, like. Yeah, you can't risk yeah, stopping. Almost. Yeah. It's like too big. Yeah, yeah. Wait, like, so you heard it though? Oh, everyone heard it. Yeah. Okay. What do you think? Do you think that they handled it the right way? What were your thoughts on how the solution of like letting you guys rest and come back and swim it later in the same session? Uh, I think uh, it would be unfortunate, like in every solution for everyone. You know, everyone was in a different spot. Dylan Carter had uh, 50 feet right after. Cooper went the fastest time uh, of a 50 back uh, at this meet. Uh, Murphy won. Uh, I went faster than the, than the first swim. You know, like I talked with Murph after after uh, the the second final, and he's like, "Man, I don't know. Like, I'm not I'm not an official. Like, it's not my job. But like, it's hard to decide. You know. But it's very unfortunate for the for the Australian kid. But um, that's a sport, and they had to somehow handle it. And 
they did it in that way. I'm not the one to judge. I'm, I'm fine with it, you know? Uh, so yeah, you came out of it yeah. pretty well. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah, of course. I wonder if that's going to be a catalyst for them to change the technology, though, because is there any valid reason for the starter sound to be able to do multiple sounds? I've never seen something like that. Uh, that that uh, kid from South Africa, Peter Kotze, he yeah. said he's like used to it. Like that kind of things, they ha like they happen in uh, South Africa very often. So yeah, I don't know. Sticky yeah, triggers. <laughs> they got a lot of sticky triggers down there. <laughs> I, I don't understand how because um, I remember at like um, like age group meets, right? Like it, it happened quite a lot, quite quite a lot. You know, you had like the two start. Yeah. Um, you don't have that anymore. But like, if somebody made a false start, those beeps go off and the lines fall in 15 oh, meters. Oh, the 15 meter mark, they drop yeah. it immediately. They drop yeah, the yeah, line yeah, at yeah. 15 meters. But that, yeah, didn't, that didn't happen. That's what Carter said. Not, nothing happened. And I was like, yeah, you're right. You're right. But we don't do this anymore. Yeah, but like, I don't know. Maybe just, just as a backup, I feel like it should be necessary to drop a line. And so, I don't know, Cooper doesn't have the swim of his life and then finds out that it was an Ill illegitimate swim you know it's yeah it's sad no we gotta have something to fix it hopefully uh world aquatics learns from it and yeah world aquatics exactly Not world that. aquatics yep. they're still in transition half their website's down right now so oh actually <laughs> um, the same thing counts kind of for the like the 15 meter underwater mark because that's that's been like super sketchy as well Oh Joe yeah, Santos. I mean, I love this guy. Like he's a he's a great guy, and he really knows what he's doing. But like it was, it was like really, really on the edge. And I don't think they wanted to take that magic moment away from him, which fair. Um, but it, like, I don't know. It's it's, it's a rule, though. Yeah, it's a rule. Yeah, it's a rule. Like, yeah. No. Yeah, I mean, I, and there were so many, so many close calls at Worlds, and and when I mean, you're watching on or like you know on TV and all that, it's like oh, but yeah, there's got to be a better way to to navigate that with technology. Yeah, I can, exactly. I, I cannot talk about that. You know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> walk, <laughs> walk out of the room slowly. <laughs> exactly, we'll go 20 meters underwater from now on. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. as, as someone who may or may not have gone past 15 on a few occasions. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, there, yeah, there would be a better way. I, yeah, and I, I wanted that moment for Santos uh, too. He came and trained with us at Auburn for a little while, um, yeah. and, and he's still doing it in his forties. So that's uh, crazy. So I want to know a little bit about your team because uh, I feel like most college teams have these kinds of roles. You got you got captains. You got people who kind of do a different thing. So I want you to name names here and get a let, help us know who all the characters are on NC state. So is there somebody who's the enforcer who's like, can say the hard thing and get in your face whenever something hard needs to be said? Uh, I think that would be Gibbs. Yeah. Gibbs. We, so uh, Noah, yeah, Hender Gibbs. Noah Henderson is like that. He's one of the captains and uh, people yeah. definitely respect him. Right. So yeah, he's definitely, he's definitely the the captain of the captains. Yeah. So he, he can be rough, you know, he can be a tough guy. Yeah. Who's the class clown? Who's the funniest on the team? The class clown? Bane? Uh -huh. uh, Max and Drew. Oh, Max and Drew. Yeah, we've got two guys from Florida who are like, they're they're like always together. And yeah. like the other day we had a, like a black group meeting. That's like sprint group meeting or like just a dinner at Braden's house. <laughs> and 
they came dressed up as cowboys and they it's so funny they like they, they brought they brought the, their own pictures in the frames and randomly put it in Raiden's house you know <laughs> And yeah. he kept them. He found them and he kept them. You know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, clown is a is a perfect word to to describe them. Yeah. And we've got we've got a couple of guys on the team who like make memes. You know, like we're we're a huge meme team. Um, yeah, Owen Lloyd makes a lot of good memes. Yeah, last year at NCs he was uh, dressed up as a what was that? Um, um, Among Us. The Among Us costume. Yeah. You guys remember that? <laughs> no <laughs> look, look it up i mean it's like yeah everything with sussy swim news and stuff it's oh like, got it it's, yeah. yeah no we we've got a couple of very funny guys on the yeah. team that makes life a lot easier yeah who's uh who's the most likely to start a billion dollar company uh it would have been eric uh i would say this guy I would, yeah, maybe me. It I could would, be me. I would say this guy, but it could also be him because he's like he's got some big ideas too. So, yeah, we're both dreamers though. So maybe one of our dreams will come true at some point. Yeah, I love it. Who's the most likely to be late to practice? Him? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, or Bart? <laughs> no. You're Bart. No, I think I was going to say Arsenio. Ah, or Arsenio. Yeah. Or you? Or like you gonna name Are like? You we gonna, me? We gonna? No, no, no. no. No, I'm, the, we, I'm not uh, on top of my we stuff. Usually, we usually on time. Like, everyone yeah, is on time. time. Uh, you know, like, Brayden never likes when people show up, like, five minutes before practice. Everyone usually gets to the pool deck around, like, 15 minutes before. Uh, do some activation, like, um, on their own. Uh, obviously, some people, they have a class conflict. So, either they're, like, a little bit late or, like, they walk in, like, five minutes before. But uh, he understands that. But... Um, uh, let's say uh, we have a rule that we have to be. Uh, it's an unset rule, but um, everyone respects that. And uh, we got to be at the pool 15 minutes before practice. Yeah. It's a good tradition to have. All right. We got some uh, more standard rapid fire questions for you guys. And you can each answer these. Uh, what's the hardest race in swimming? Um, I would say the 400 I am. Just because you got to own every single stroke. And it's like, I mean, 4am, people that train 4am, they're crazy. They're like, they're a next level hardcore trainers. So I would say 4am. I have uh, sorted out in between each pool and I haven't done all the races, like all the events. But um, and from my experience this season, I would literally say 5-3 short course yards. <laughs> Really? Oh my god! It hurts. It hurts so bad. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't know how to swim in the right way, maybe that's why. But that's like, why. Yeah. I would say also to fly long course. To fly long course hurts. Uh, hurts a lot. Um, you gotta you gotta be careful with pacing it. Uh, you cannot take it out like too fast because uh, you still have like uh, one turn more, and that's it. Where you can like rest. You know. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> And uh, yeah, I think to fly, like, I remember, I remember that pain, you know, like 
trying to stay high with your hips on the last 50 where you like you don't have any energy to like move forward so uh yeah definitely to fly <laughs> yeah we our team punishment was to uh to have everybody do the two fly if you're late to practice you gotta do a two fly oh, uh, olympic gold or world record olympic olympic gold, gold. do you pee in the pool absolutely yep we don't waste time going to the bathroom yep Best post-race celebration ever. His celebration after the hundred backstroke. Uh let me think about or, it. Or or um, oh, what's his face? Uh, fifty freestyle, two thousand sixteen. No, Anthony Irvin. Oh, that was oh. also a good one. But uh, yeah, I think Cielo. Uh, just because like his celebration, it's like. Not only in the pool, but also like during the medal ceremony where he where he cries, you know, I just love it. You know, uh, it shows the real emotions in there. So uh, it's great. All right. When are you guys going to get us? No, go ahead. What were you going to say? And uh, he was always wearing those uh, white goggles where you can like see through, you know, yeah, his eyes. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those things. Yeah. Uh, when are you guys going to get a Stroop waffle and a Polish sausage sponsor? Uh, I mean, oh, I thought you, you you were gonna ask if you guys could get it. Like, I've got a couple Stroopwafels if you want them. Like, I've I've been <laughs> back there. Yeah. No, I don't know. I'll have to find a company to sponsor me. I don't like Polish sausage, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I eat I eat it like when it, only when it comes to, like Christmas or something. But like to eat it like every day. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not that. I'm not a big fan. I would say the same thing about Stroop Waffles, actually. It's like, at some point, you're just, like, over it, you know? I give them out to friends, and that's great, but I don't need them myself. <laughs> Have you ever had an awkward drug testing experience? Uh... Yeah, but I can tell you uh, after, after podcast what will happen. No, no, no. And now we want to know. Um, uh, yeah. Actually, yeah, this, this semester, uh, uh, we were having uh, the gold dinner at race. Oh, uh, yeah, right. And it was like 6 p.m. I'm, I'm shaving, you know, and uh, I'm getting a phone call. So I pick it up, and one of my teammates, she's like, yo, someone, someone is in front, of the, in front of your door. I think uh, they have something to for the de delivery. I'm like, damn, I have like. 20 minutes to leave i'm shaving i'm wearing just a pants you know i still have a shaving cream on my face so i run downstairs because i thought i have to sign something i open the door and i'm like what i'm supposed to sign it like no it's not like amazon like we from what i here to test you i'm like oh my god you know <laughs> yeah yeah i've had i've had way too many times that they came outside of my time slot and that i was like taking a nap i remember before the olympics they came three times during my nap, like in a time span of probably a month. Oh, yeah, yeah. Before the Olympics. Before the Olympics, it came a lot. I had the yeah. situation where the guy knocked to my door at 6.01 in the morning. And I was still sleeping, you know. And I was back in Poland. So I was staying at my uh, my parents' house. So we woke up the entire house, you know. It was 6 a.m. in the morning. And... I couldn't do it, you know, so it took me like four hours and my mom was just like handing me the water bottles and I was just chugging them and chugging. The, the guy stayed for like 
to like 10 a.m. had like two cups of coffee, breakfast sandwich, you know, like we had a great conversation. Yeah. I was like, God damn, obviously I was late to practice because yeah. I couldn't finish. Uh, and yeah, that was it. All right. Last one. Who on your team is going to be the surprise breakout swimmer this season? Luke Miller. Definitely. Uh, Luke Miller. Uh, I think Aiden Hayes. Aiden Hayes. Uh, I would name this guy as well. Noah Henderson. Uh, I was going to say Quinton McCarty, but uh, we didn't know about this kid yet much. Uh, yeah. So uh, I would say definitely Luke Miller and, uh, and uh, Aiden Hayes. Love it. Every season there's somebody from the team is just going to pop off. So hopefully we see all of them do it. Yeah, Guys, nice. yeah. Thanks for hanging out with us. Super fun to get to chat and uh, we look forward to seeing your race at NCAAs. Yeah, for sure. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for having us. All right. That's it for this episode of Social Kick. We'll see you next time. See ya. Hey, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you're enjoying Social Kick, tell your friends about it and be sure to tell us what you liked by leaving a comment and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Social Kick, and you can find all of our content on our website,